Happy Pride, everybody. Today, we're going to be talking about my favorite queen. No, not me. It's Mrs. Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Okay. We are the champions. We are the champions, my gays. Born on September 5th, 1946 in Stonetown, Zanzibar. That's right, from Stonetown to the Stonewall. His name was Farouk Balsara, which translates into his language, happy and fortunate, and translates into America as shoot it down. Farouk was a Parsi Indian a.k.a. also Parsi Native American, because we don't say Indian here. What is this, Cleveland? He was a Parsi guardian. He was interested in music, gay, joining the school choir, gay, and learned to play the piano the gayest. That's why I love him. Grew up, he had a very strong overbite, not good for BJs, and he was mocked a lot as a child, earning the nickname Bucky. They called him Bucky. But he started to go by Freddie instead of Farouk, which is sad, okay? You need to embrace your native names, and stop whitewashing everything, okay? It's white people's fault. In 1964, his family fled Zanzibar. Why would you want to do that? Due to a violent revolution, and he settled in England. Hello! Hello, Freddie, what, your box teeth? Do you want to be a singer? Yeah? Well, you have to give me a blowjob. Oh, your mouth feels like a cheese grater with your box teeth. You got Mwanka bleeding. In high school, he studied art in college, graphic design. Oh, maybe he can work for the podcast. While at attending college, he joined a band, and he called it Smile. Aw. While he was in college, he actually joined a band, and that band was called Smile. It's interesting, because he didn't have great, good teeth, and he didn't like to smile, but he joined a band called Smile. Sometimes you have to do that. You have to do that. You might be scared of something, but you move towards it. That's what Freddie did. That's what Freddie did. He was scared of something, and then he moved towards that thing, okay? That's why he was afraid to smile. He joined a band, Smile. That's why I have Puerto Rican children, because I'm afraid of Puerto Ricans. But yet I embrace it. I go in. Yo soy papi. Here's how Queen started. I know everyone's seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. I know you guys know the story, but here's the real story. Because here on the Christery Show, we take a stance. Freddie, he was the bassist of Smile, much like the bassist of the 1975 Ross McDonald's who doesn't text me back. The lead vocalist quit. He just quit. He walked out. I'm walking away from all the problems in my life. I'm walking away. Going to find a better day. Ooh, that wasn't Freddie Mercury. That was Craig David, who's also British and black. The band changed the name to Queen. When Freddie became lead singer, they changed the name to Queen. Okay, The other members were unsure of the name. A lot of the other members didn't like it. They didn't like the name Queen, but Freddie insisted that Queen be the name. It's like the Impractical Jokers. A lot of people didn't like the name, but Sal stood firm and said, we're calling it the Impractical Jokers. Sal is the Freddie Mercury of comedy. <laughs> Queen, Freddie Mercury said... It's very Rago, obviously, and it sounds splendid. It's a strong name, very universal and immediate. I was certainly aware of the gay connotations, but that's just one facet of it. And then the reporters wiped their eyes to spit out. 
And they said, back to you at the BBC. When Queen took the name change, Freddie said, I'm changing everything. I'm changing it all. I'm no longer going to be Freddie Balsara. Now I'm Freddie Mercury. It was inspired by the line, Mother Mercury, look what they've done to me from his song, My Fairy King, which is ironically what Jasmine calls me every night before we go to sleep. Freddie played music, continued his education, even though he's you know, forming the band, he still was like schools first. He went to Earling Art College, uh, and he got his degree in graphic design in 1969. Congratulations, Freddie Mercury. Congratulations. And that's where 69, the term 69 comes from. When, you know, you're a 69 sex move, it's because Freddie Mercury graduated in 1969. Now, is that a fact? Here on the Chris Reed Stefano Show, we stand by what we say, and we're saying, yes, it is a fact. Now, he also used his skills. Freddie Mercury is, again, skilled artist, like many gay people are. Gay people, they're very skilled in many different... They're very... It's more than just having sex with your own sex. It's your skill. There's a lot of skills that come along with being gay, and graphic design and being artsy is one of them. And Freddie, Freddie Mercury actually designed the Queen's Crest. That was his vision, and he saw it. This band, like any other band, like the Beatles, like everybody, they started out in small venues, they honed their skills, and they started to build a local following. Okay, that's the way you do it. You start small, and then you get a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger, and then one day, boom, you're Matt Reif. Queen's huge break came when they got a record deal with EMI Records in 1973. Remember what Mike Myers, when he in the movie, he's the one that played the record uh, exec. I think it was EMI Records. I don't know though, because I'm not. You know, music is one of those things I don't really know much about. I, I like Queen. I listen to their music. I saw the movie, but I don't know much about music at all. It's not something I really connect with. Okay, I was connected for a short time, but then Ross from the 1975 stopped texting me back. I'm going to, just like Taylor Swift fans are wearing a diaper because they don't want to miss a song, I'm going to wear a diaper until Ross texts me back. So they had a nice path to success. They were talented. They were lucky. Here's the thing. They had a nice path to success. Yes, they had talent. Yes, they worked hard. Yes, you know, they had a beautiful singer in Freddie Mercury, an icon, but really they had luck. Luck. That's what it is. Luck. What is the definite? Lil Wayne. What did Lil Wayne say about luck? It's um, something... Equals, you know, hard work meeting opportunity. I don't know what he said. It probably wasn't even Lil Wayne. It was Marcus Aurelius. So, and the, by the way, also another thing about Queen, they were very, very, very. Um, Queen always was making new music. That's a big thing with a lot of these, you know, bands, you know, musicians, just like comedians. If you get stuck in just playing the hits, you're never going to grow. Well, Queen grew big time because they were always making new songs, and it was lovely. Freddie, as an artist, we knew it. You know Mercury had natural talent. I mean, he was a baritone, um, but he primarily sang in the tenor range. Again, I don't know what that means, but that's a fact that we found out about Freddie Mercury, is that he was just, he had that deep voice, and those buck teeth actually led to his unique-sounding voice. So that's the thing. That's the thing, is sometimes you think something, as they say, one man's, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Imagine Freddie would have gotten his teeth fixed. Then we would have never had, uh, you know, our beautiful uh, Pride Month gay lead singer of Queen. That would have sucked. He was an amazing songwriter, too, like Taylor Swift. He wrote his own songs. He had a wide range of genres. He, you know, he used progressive rock, heavy metal, gospel, disco. I mean, some of his bangers, Bohemian Rhapsody, Seven Seas of Rye, Killer Queen, Somebody to Love. Good old-fashioned lover boy. We are the champions. Bicycle race. Don't stop me now. Crazy little thing called love. Love it. 
He said, I hate doing the same thing again and again and again. I like to see what's happening now in music, film, and theater and incorporate all of those things. He's like, it's like what we do on this podcast. So he was a fantastic performer. He knew how to captivate audiences, charm them. Mercury, he was awesome. His live performances were highly theatrical. You could participate in them, you know, like the stomping of boom, boom, ba, boom, boom, ba. Good stuff. Um, his main prop on stage was he had a broken microphone stand. That was that's what I gotta start doing on my shows. Just bring out a prop. Um, and he he learned to use the broken microphone stand in, in in different creative ways, man. And and it was uh it was awesome. Freddie Mercury. Now his sexuality was a bit ambiguous. People didn't know if he was gay or straight, and I can confidently tell you that man was gay. He was flamboyant, you know, which is cool. Before his rise to fame in the 70s, Mercury had a long-term relationship with Mary Austin, a.k.a. Mary the Beard. Um, now, they lived together for several years in West Kensington, London, uh, until he started to have an affair with another man. A shocker! Now, despite their separation, Mercury and Austin remained nice, close friends. Good. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Remain friends with them, Okay. Now, if somebody asks, Freddie Mercury has a quote here, all my lovers ask me why they couldn't replace Mary, but it's simply impossible. The only friend I've got is Mary, and I don't want anybody else. To me, she was my common-law wife. To me, it was a marriage. We believe in each other. That's enough for me. Now, people are saying, is that a quote that you say to Jasmine every night? Maybe. Throughout the years, he dated men and women, mostly men. I would say 99.9% .9 of men. When Freddie grew a mustache, some fans didn't like it. They threw razors on stage, asked him to shave his gay mustache. I would have been like, yeah, I'll shave it and I'll give everybody AIDS. He met radio DJ Paul Printer. Uh, they had this really intense relationship that caused a wedge between Freddie and the other Queen members. Paul later out of Freddie to tabloids when he came out as a bisexual man. That's all in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, suck at Paul Printer, you piece of shit. See, here's the thing with, with Freddie Mercury is, you know, Yes, he cultivated flamboyant stage personality, you know, and he was larger than life. But like a lot of singers, a lot of, you know, entertainers, he was really shy when he wasn't around people. Like I seriously, I would rather perform in front of 50,000 people that don't speak English than have a conversation with three people like that are in my family. I don't I have such social anxiety in small groups, but I feel like the bigger, the better. I can go up there, and I'm sure that's how Freddie Mercury felt. I'm realizing I'm, I'm a lot like Freddie Mercury in many ways. When he said when he's performing, he's an extrovert, yet inside he's a completely different man. Queen's performance in Live Aid in 1985 is from rock, his, his, you know, rock and roll historians, like my friend James Mad Dog Matter, say that that is the greatest performance in rock and roll history. Live Aid was an international event. It brought some of the biggest names in music from around the world. It was broadcast globally. 1.9 billion viewers in over 150 countries. That's more than flagrant too. It wasn't about AIDS, by the way. A lot of people think it was about AIDS. It was actually, uh, it, it was for famine relief in Ethiopia, but the famine was caused by AIDS. Mercury sustained a note during the acapella section he did at Live Aid, which became as became known as the note heard around the world. hey oh all right. That critics said Mercury was godlike and an exceptional rock front man. That he was he was great. He was he was he was amazing. He was the Taylor Swift of his generation. And they did all these large scale concerts that you know sold millions of tickets. Um Big concerts, Eastern Europe. Mercury's final live performance was with Queen. It was at 
Nebworth Park in 1986, where he actually said farewell to the crowd, draped in a robe and holding a golden crown because he knew he was dying. He knew that it was coming to an end. Uh, he felt it. It was like Lou Gehrig's. Dad, Freddie Mercury is my Lou Gehrig. Now, he showed symptoms of HIV and AIDS as early as 1982. He literally, he knew, he, he kind of, in 1982, he was starting to get, you know, because HIV was an unknown thing there. Like he was, you know, they thought he maybe had uh, leukoplakia, um, which is like you get, you had the white lesions on the tongue. Um, you had the, the big sores and bruises, all early signs of HIV. In 1987, Mercury was diagnosed with AIDS, unfortunately. Um, he kept the relationship going with his long-term relationship with his Irish-born hairdresser, Jim Hutton. Um, he referred to him as a husband, which, you know, right now, my Jim Hutton is Mike Lavin, um, my Irish hairdresser. And in 1987, um, you know, he did get full-blown AIDS, which he kept private, but he lived for four years with AIDS. And he died on November 24th, 1991, at the age of 45 um, from, from AIDS. Um, the last picture that you ever see of him before he dies, like it looks like a, you know, skinny, like different version of himself. It's sad to see, but he lived such a great triumphant life. I think he's one of the biggest gay icons uh, in, in the history of, of gay. He's my guy. I love Freddie Mercury. I listen to Queen. It's one of the only old school bands I listen to all the time. I tried to get tickets to see the new Queen with Adam Lambert, who I said, who have I heard is very, very great and embodies Freddie Mercury kind of I think he's Freddie Mercury just without the AIDS and 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 he's you know if you get a chance to see Queen you know and you have a, a lead on cheap tickets let me know because I cannot afford their ticket prices so shout out mustaches shout out exploring your sexuality shout out the best band in the world Queen and may all you Queens my Queens have a happy pride month that's right yesterday was history Listen, as always, yesterday was history, but I need you to go subscribe to the Chris D Comedy YouTube. Hit subscribe, hit like on these videos, share them, okay? It literally is so important. If you like this video, share it with your friends and family. It helps the channel grow so much, you know, by helping me, I help you. It's all a beautiful thing. We're helping each other. It's like we're giving each other, you know, we're giving each other hand jobs on the internet and it's nice and it's safe and it's free. Like and subscribe to the Christie Comedy YouTube. Tell your friends about Christie's. We're really trying to grow this. Um, so I really, I'm hoping you're enjoying it. Um, so let us know. Always comment on, you know, leave comments. Let us know what other Christie's you want to see. Um, if you want to see me live on the road, go to chrisdcomedy.com. I have all my stand-up dates up there. Um, we have Radio City in New York on September 22nd, sold out. So we added September 23rd, the theater at Madison Square Garden. There's still some tickets left for that. And we're going to put a big fall tour on sale in a couple of weeks here. Um, so keep checking chrisdcomedy.com to see if your city is there. And go to patreon.com slash chrisdcomedy where I have hours of footage and podcasts that only exist there. That's where a lot of the fun happens and you can have an opportunity to ask me a question. Um, and then call our hotline. We're going to put our number right here for you can call our hotline and you can leave a voicemail and we will answer it on the Christy Chaos Show, whether it be on the Patreon or the YouTube. It's there for you, baby. So I appreciate all the support. Appreciate you liking and subscribing. I love you. And if I see you in the street, I'll kiss you on the lips. 